0: Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD and I blog over at UncoveringIntimacy.com where you can find show notes or other podcasts, uh, hundreds of articles and uh, resources for your marriage. Today we're going to be tackling questions that we received back in April of this year that I just haven't got around to because I've been working on something else. Uh, for those who have been around for quite a while, uh, you know that we started... A course called "Becoming More Sexually Engaged" for Christian wives, and we ran it for uh, probably a couple of years. And frankly, wives absolutely loved it. Uh, the husbands loved it as well. And unfortunately, we had to take it down for oh, a number of years uh, because our the platform that we built it on became obsolete and it wouldn't support it anymore. And frankly, I didn't have the time to move it. So I finally took uh, quite a bit of time, moved it, uh, upgraded all the stuff, uh, rewrote a lot of the content, added some new information, and uh, we put it into a much better system that's hopefully going to be around for quite a while. And now they're uh, just about a month in, and uh, it's been kind of really encouraging to uh, see them sharing their stories in our private forum uh, for the people in that course and being able to see how it's affecting their life. Uh, In fact, one stat that's kind of interesting from it uh, because we're serving them every once in a while is that on average, these wives have found that just in the first three modules, four modules, sorry, um, they've said that their sexual confidence has increased about 50%. And that's pretty cool to be able to say that, hey, I have a course that even just going through half of it will increase your confidence in sex about 50%. And these are wives that are Tend to be responsive the lower drive spouses and uh, frankly they just they wanted better for themselves and their spouses. But today we're gonna tackle a bunch of anonymous questions that we have. And for those who have been around Uncovering Intimacy for a while or our podcast, you know that we get a fair number of anonymous questions on our Have a Question page. And these are questions uh, that come in without too much context usually, and often most of the time without any contact info. So we do our best to answer, you know, me and my supporters group, they help us out as well. And this is what we came up with for the nine questions that came in in April. So, the first question is, uh, what do I need to do differently to have more intimate nights with my wife? She's never in the mood and never initiates anything sexually. I try to give her flowers, tell her I love her, often buy her things, spend quality time with her, and do small favors, but she never, still never initiates sex. And the sex that we do have is usually boring, for lack of a better word. Same simple positions because she doesn't like anything else. Nothing kinky and very quick usually. We did try your truth or dare and loved it. Thanks for answering. Okay, so it sounds like she likely experiences responsive desire as opposed to spontaneous desire, which is probably what this husband feels more often. Uh, If you want to know more about that, there's a link in the show notes. And this means that she just doesn't randomly get in the mood very often, if at all, most likely. All the stuff that you're doing shows love, but that doesn't mean she's going to suddenly want sex. So I wouldn't expect her to ever initiate sex out of desire. If you want to have more intimate nights, then I'd start initiating more often. I'd also make an educated guess that your wife doesn't like to be responsible for sex, because that's a fairly common thing, especially for Christian wives. You know, she probably liked the truth or dare game because it wasn't her calling the shots. The game was. Uh, She liked not being responsible for it. You know, it's an easy way to say, oh, it's not my fault. The game made me do it. And... If that's the case, then I'd be curious to know if other games like our sexy memory game had the same effect. If it does, then it might be that you need to stop being so, you know, quote unquote, nice. You know, st- don't ask what she wants or if she likes something uh, because she's not going to want to tell you. That's too much responsibility. Instead, Just tell her what to do. Uh, For many wives, not all, you know, that's a better way to go because then they can distance themselves from the responsibility of saying yes and just enjoy it because, you know, it's not my fault. So try that out and uh, if that still doesn't work, um, shoot me an email and I can try to help you through it. Uh, next question is I filed for divorce after finding out my husband has been having affairs. We live in separate homes, but he still asks for sex once in a while. Of course I want to, I still love him. However, I'm sure he may be, may still be meeting with other women. Is it a sin to have sex with him? So the legalistic answer would be, well, you can have sex until the divorce goes through. Um, For me, personally, I think that once you decide to end your marriage, uh, it's already done in your heart. You know, the fact that you're just waiting for a piece of paper to show up to say, yes, you're officially divorced. Um, Yeah, that just seems legalistic. So for me, I would say, yeah, you should probably stop having sex as well. If he's sleeping with multiple people, then um, there's risk of STIs and all that stuff. So... I'd be worried about that myself. Uh, My opinion would be that anything else, you know, other than, yeah, anything outside of sex within marriage, like when you're actually living as a couple, uh, would be sexual immorality. I mean, you're already living separate lives. You're, in essence, no longer man and wife, you know, whether or not the divorce is legal yet. But that's my opinion. Um, In the end of the day, you have to act on your own convictions. All right. Third question is, last year I discovered my husband had an affair. So we have another affair. Uh, It was a short affair only because I found out by confronting him, but it was also a very intense affair. We had been married 20 years when he had this affair and our sex life had settled into what I would call mature. Predictable, yes, but still very comfortable and active. However, the sex he had with his affair partner is what I would liken to porn sex, BDSM type sex, And even though he assures me that this type of sex doesn't arouse him, I am unsure. Is it possible that he desires this type of sex and is ashamed to tell me? How do I get these images of what they did out of my head? Unfortunately, it's very explicit, and I've seen pics slash texts and videos provided by the affair partner. So, is it possible that he desires this type of sex and is ashamed to tell you? Yes, it's absolutely possible. Just in the way that you phrased your question, it's clear that you have a very low view of this type of sex. I'm not talking about the fair. I'm talking about the activities. So if you've already expressed that you have no interest in this, don't like this, it turns you off, it... Uh, you know, you have a disdain for this, then that's a bigger barrier for him to open up and be able to say, this is something I'm interested in, because he's ultimately going to think that you look at, you're going to look at him with some of the same kind of disdain. So yes, it's possible. It doesn't necessarily mean that's what's happening though. You know, affairs are a whole different context than Marriage. You know, it's another person, so the quote unquote rules are already broken. You know, it's transgressive because you're breaking a vow and having sex outside of marriage. It's exciting because it's secretive, and often it's affirming in a way because, you know, someone is possibly showing you the kind of affection you haven't got in a long time. All that to say that the context for him during an affair is radically different than in your marriage. Just because it turns him on in that context with that other person doesn't mean that's what he wants to do with you. And it may not be that it's the activities that's turning on, him on, but the entire yeah, context of this affair. But it's also quite possible that he wants something more than quote-unquote predictable sex. You know, predictable sex tends to get boring. I think one of the, Things many men like most about sex is the exploration of it. You know, exploring new parts, new sensations, new expressions, new reactions, new everything. You know, it's exciting to try something new. Predictable sex doesn't give you that. That doesn't mean you have to jump into the BDSM type sex, but it may not be a bad idea to learn to be a little bit more adventurous and kind of get out of your rut. If you need some help with that, I created a massive list of hundreds of sexual activities that a monogamous Christian couple can try. Um, The idea is basically that you both go through the list separately and then mark the things off that interest you or don't interest you or that you're willing to do. Then you can compare notes and get a list of new new activities that one or even better both of you are interested in trying out. And if you're curious about that list, you can check it out on our shop. It's called RS Exploration List, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that. And it's been our number one seller, I think, pretty much since I made it. Uh, People absolutely love it. Uh, The emails that I get back from people who've gone through it are, are, I mean, they're amazing to read uh, to see how much of a difference it made in their marriage. So that's maybe something that you can try. As for how to get the images out of your head, you know, I can recommend two approaches. Uh, The first is pray about it. And whenever I say pray about it, somebody calls me out for not giving practical advice. But personally, I think prayer is very practical. And if you don't, well, you should probably add reading your Bible to your list of things that you can do because the Bible seems to think that prayer is very practical. You know, we're called to pray about everything, so why not this thing? And secondly, You know, our brains are kind of funny. They do their best to help us remember the things that we need to remember. And one of the ways they do this is by paying attention to when emotions rise in response to a memory. And when these images pop up, if you get upset, your brain will think this is important and remind you of it again. Uh, In this way, you know, you will continue to dwell on the images simply because they're bothering you. But if you just say, look, I acknowledge this is what's happening, this is uh, just my brain trying to help me out, however and <laughs> it's not, and just dismiss the idea rather than getting worked up about it, then your brain will start to think, oh, this is nothing to worry about and let it go. And eventually it will stop reminding you because you seem not to care about it. And I'm not saying that's easy, but that's how you reprogram your brain. So there are a few things you can try. And I hope they help. All right. Question number four is kind of the other side of this. Uh, is it okay to want pounding sex occasionally with my wife? We have a reasonable sex life and satisfy each other most times, but it's always tame and gentle, whether it be intercourse or oral or whatever. But if I suggest that I might want to spread her legs and pin them back and pound her hard, classic missionary style, or pender over... Uh, or bend her over and give it to her from behind, she's never interested in claims it's uncomfortable. I understand that, but is it fair that I am sometimes uncomfortable with boring sex and don't complain? It's not like I ever want to do it. Often like this, like once or twice a year would be great. And if we do do it, I absolutely promise I'd satisfy her afterwards if she wasn't enjoying it or orgasmed. Am I asking too much, or is my wife being prudish? that she will just never, ever indulge in this kind of passionate thrusting intercourse. Okay, so is it okay to want? Sure, why not? Is it okay for her not to want? Sure, why not? You know, you each are entitled to your own feelings. That's not very productive, though. Uh, if If all you want to know is, is it okay that you feel this way, then yeah, go ahead, feel that way. But as Christians, you know, the Bible tells us that our feelings shouldn't dictate our actions because feelings are rarely based on actual truth and they're even less rarely uh, productive. So rather, I think it's more prudent to ask, is it beneficial to the marriage to have more, let's call it passionate sex? And that answer, I think, is yes, most likely. Uh, The fact is, our brains like sex, but they like it a lot more when it's exciting. And uh, a quote-unquote reasonable sex life doesn't sound very exciting at all. This reminds me of the previous question where she called their mature sex predictable and comfortable. And in the long run, both husbands and wives tend to get bored of predictable, comfortable, reasonable sex. This tends to play out in one or two ways for each spouse. Um... One is that they get tempted by exciting sexual expression, you know, sometimes succumbing, as with the post above that they had an affair. Uh, number two is that they get bored and they get less and less interested in sex, which is what we often see happening. And sometimes both of these things occur. And in order for sex to be exciting, it needs to be let's say transgressive, because I use that word above as well, in some way. You know, if you had sex while you were dating, that was easy to attain that feeling. Any sex was transgressive because you broke the rules. If you managed to wait until marriage, honeymoon sex is still fairly transgressive. You know, it's your first time being naked together, first time sharing yourself in that way. You know, being willing to make sounds, faces, movements that you make during sex is being vulnerable. So in a way that's transgressive, You're, you're breaking some sort of norm there. But after you've been married for a while, it's a little more difficult to be transgressive without some effort. But the good news is that there are lots of boundaries that you likely haven't crossed. If, quote unquote, pounding sex isn't physically comfortable for her, then there are many other things that might scratch that itch for you that wouldn't cause her physical discomfort. You know, mental discomfort is more of a difficult hurdle to challenge. As it happens, like I said, we have a bunch of wives going through our becoming more sexually engaged course. That are currently trying to work on that part of their sex life. Uh, alternatively, as I mentioned before, a few of our supporters in the forum suggested checking out our sex exploration list. Uh, one of them actually wrote this, and she gave me permission to quote this. She said, I second utilizing Jay's sex exploration list. It may just be my wife and me, but this has been liberating and has given us a good place to start having these discussions we've been married 29 years this month and had little to no discussion so and a lot of times we get couples uh, i talked to couples that they are both kind of bored with sex uh, but they haven't actually talked about it and they don't know what they want to try and they sometimes don't even know what options there are out to try and uh so yeah it If you just simply said, oh, I want to do this, and she said, no, it makes me uncomfortable, that's not really much of a discussion. But if you go through this list, which has hundreds of potential things that you could do, and she could find things that she's more comfortable with, you know, that might give you a whole bunch of new opportunities. All right, question number five. They write, hi, Jay. So, I was listening to one of your podcasts. I don't remember which one, but you were talking about souls and what happens after death. You said that nothing happens after death until Jesus comes back. But I wanted to know what you think about the story Jesus tells in Luke 6. uh, It's the story of the rich man and the beggar. After the beggar Lazarus dies, he was carried away in Abraham's bosom. According to the story, when you die, your soul goes to paradise. In brackets, they said, I believe. I want to know what you think. Also, really love your podcast because your opinions are black or white, and I really appreciate when Christians know exactly where they stand. I wanted to compliment you on that. Well, thank you. Not everyone quite likes that as much as you do, but I'm glad somebody does. I'm honestly not sure which podcast I mentioned this whole thing on either. However, I did a fairly lengthy blog post on the topic wherein I explored the rich man and the Lazarus parable. You know, its meaning and its significance in the topic of what happens when you die. And that post is called What Happens When You Die. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. If you want to know more about that topic in general, I highly suggest checking that out. It goes into quite some depth. It's fairly long. Uh, but your specific question is answered as well with the context of the larger argument. Um, Because, yeah, a lot of people kind of had questions about that. And I got a lot of feedback about it. Some people absolutely hated it, uh, but I had a lot of people like, oh, that makes more sense, because otherwise there seems to be all these paradoxes in the Bible. And personally, I think if you use the Bible to uh, explain itself, then kind of all the paradoxes and contradictions in the Bible all go away. Um, so yeah, I would check out that post. And if you have more questions, feel free to email me, uh, j at uncovering intimacy.com. I love discussing theology. Um, so yeah, question number six. Okay. They asked, is this coming with age or losing weight or maybe both? I'm the guy who asked the question about a year ago if it was wrong for me to ask for, ask for naked pics of my wife because she wants to lose weight, and I like her plus-size body. Well, in the past four or so months, she's lost about 40 pounds and looks still looks thick and sexy, so I'm not complaining. Another thing is, I'm not complaining about is that her sex drive has massively increased all of a sudden in the past couple of weeks. We went from being twice a week to just about every day. First, I was thinking that maybe she entered her sexual Prime, you know, we're both turning thirty in the next couple months, but then I was wondering if it was due to weight loss and exercise, and maybe she's more energetic. What are your thoughts? All right, so yeah, it could be a few things. Off the top of my head, um, losing weight can decrease stress on your system, which frees up energy for other things like sex. Uh, Number two is her body might be starting to work properly, including. Uh, releasing sex-related hormones. Uh, Number three is if she's exercising, exercise has been shown to increase testosterone as well as other hormones that can both improve mood and sexual function. Uh, It also decreases hormones that limit uh, sexual function. Uh, Number four is exercise increases blood flow, which can improve physical arousal and make sex better. Uh, More blood flow means things feel better, generally. Uh... Number five is, you know, the lost weight may make sex feel better just because there's less fat in the way, which may allow you to penetrate deeper or grind harder against her clitoris or whatever she actually enjoys during sex. And number six is that losing weight might just make her feel better about herself and less self-conscious. So there are six quick uh, potential reasons related to weight loss off the top of my head, uh, and I'm glad you're enjoying her getting healthier. All right, question seven. What about flashing? My wife used to flash me, not in public where people can see. We both agree that's wrong. But in the privacy of our house or in nature, we like to go to national parks or just out in nature. As long as no one is around and can see she used to do this. But now she's having doubts. So... Given all the caveats that you already stated, you know, I can't think of a reason why it would be wrong. It sounds, frankly, full of fun and playful. The only question would be are you sure no one's around? In some places, getting caught might result in fines or charges. So just be careful of that. Uh, I also know in some places, even if you're on your in your own house, if you're in front of a window, um, that's considered uh, within public viewing and you might be getting yourself in trouble and you might be. Inadvertently exposing yourself to someone else, which would not be good. All right, question eight. This one's a little longer. Uh, I have a major question. My wife feels that I should not ask her to rub her clit or use her vibrator on herself while I'm inside of her, even if I've taken time to go down on her, etc. She said she feels guilty or sinful if she does this to herself, even if I tell her it's okay. I only ask her to do it because she used to during sex, and when I'm inside her, it feels great for both of us. What are your thoughts? So I'm not sure if anyone else is seeing a pattern here, but I am. And there are a lot of spouses who used to do something and then stop. You know, often they don't even know themselves why they stopped. My guess is that it's related to what I mentioned before, that without exciting sex, they start thinking too much about what's going on and can get it a bit, um, can I say neurotic without being offensive? Uh, What I mean is that when we start getting in our head about sex, suddenly we start to get some weird ideas about what's okay and not okay based on nothing but our fears. But there's absolutely nothing in the Bible to suggest that touching your own body during sex with your spouse is wrong in any way. You know, I have to extrapolate just to hold up my belief that solo masturbation isn't okay. But those arguments don't hold up at all when you're with your spouse. And so those are my thoughts. I mean, the best case scenario would be you both to have a rational discussion about it, dig into why she feels that way and then find the truth of the matter together. You know, Christians shouldn't base belief on feelings, but on the truth. At least that's my opinion. That said, another alternative would be to get a toy that would give her the vibrations but without having to hold it in herself or hold it there herself um there are lots to choose from from what we've tried and enjoyed uh, in, in no particular order um we have and like uh we vibe sync-, sync we've owned actually three or four we vibes now i uh, love them all each generation just gets better uh it's shaped sort of like a big c with one vibrator goes internally against the g-spot and the other against the clitters and you can keep it on or in while you have sex. Uh, the second is a tour by Lilo. Uh, we've had two generations of these. I think, uh, this is a penis ring. So it goes on the husband and, uh, pretty much sits over her clitoris when he's thrusting. So that works out pretty well. Uh, she doesn't even have to touch it in that case. Uh, the Eva, uh, I've had two of these as well. The Eva one and the Eva two. Um, this toy actually helped my wife orgasm during sex two sessions in a row at a time that, that never happened. Um, so that was, it was pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, so the Eva's neat. And, uh, the last one is a poco. A poco is from, Oh, what's the company? Mystery vibe. Yeah. Uh, they make, the toy called the crescendo if you've been around my blog for a while then you may have seen that Uh, it's yeah it just got released and we're trying it out so far it's pretty cool and seems to work well Uh, it's just small enough that you can fit between you hands free and it's also bendy so it can fit to your body shape which is pretty cool Um, yeah works pretty well for us Uh, I'll put links to all those in the show notes if you're interested in checking them out. And those are my thoughts. Uh, Yeah. And some ideas to try. So hopefully they help. Last question is, I have very little to no sex drive. I hate it. My husband hates it. And now I'm losing sleep over it. I'm pretty positive I would really benefit from seeing a sex therapist. But where do I begin? What other options do I have? I have heard medication is an option, but I don't know if it really works. I'm just at my wits end and can't get rid of this extreme anxious and nervous feeling I have, almost to the point of feeling like I'll pass out. I want to bring it up with my husband, but we always seem to get fights over this, and I don't need that for my stress levels right now. I just don't want it to seem like another excuse to him. I have wanted to have sex every day this week, but I have no drive to initiate it and feel no arousal to do so. I know it sounds weird, but that's how it is. And it's incredibly frustrating. I was up all night stewing over it and trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Any help would be appreciated. Thank you. So this is probably not going to help, but being stressed about sex is going to make it worse. Uh, Stress produces cortisol, which decreases stress drive. Sex drives so but telling someone to calm down really helps them actually calm down. So let's look at some options. The first is you mentioned a sex therapist. Yes, definitely. Uh, they can help sometimes, uh, they don't help. Okay. Therapies I have a mixed relationship with therapy. Uh, I think there is a small portion of the population for which therapy is good and needed and works for them. Um, by small, I mean five, 10%, uh, And I think they are specifically trained to handle specific situations. And uh, in the larger context of things, uh, I find that therapy can sadly do more harm than good sometimes. But you seem to be very stuck on this and it's causing you a lot of anxiety and everything. And I think that sometimes a time where a therapist can actually help you. Uh, I would contact Jessica McLeese at befullywell.com. She is a licensed Christian sex therapist and she'd know what the next be- steps are for the therapy route. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you want it. Secondly, I would see if you can see an endocrinologist. So an ah, uh, I can never say it, endocrinologist is a doctor that specializes in hormones. Uh, you can ask your family doctor for a referral to, yeah, hormone specialist. Uh, get one that knows about women's sexual hormones though, because not many of them do. Uh, it seems that most of them specialize in men's sexual hormones. Uh, there's a lot that know about women's Hormones with res- like dealing with menopause or hysterectomies, but not always just in normal sexual function. So uh, look around if you can figure. Ask, you know, asking around can be uncomfortable, but sometimes it's not a bad idea. Uh, another thing you can search for for endocrinologists is if there is a specialist that deals with uh, PCOS. Um, that has it's kind of the opposite situation. They, the, well, those women tend to have too much testosterone, um, but they may understand how to manage it better than other ones. Uh, number three is, um, work on your relationship. You know, for many people, honestly, their issues with sex don't require either a sex therapist or an endocrinologist. Uh, the majority of them, they just need a plan or a new perspective or a new set. you know, often communication, which it sounds like you're struggling with as well. Uh, And there we have two options. Uh, The first is, as I already said a few times, we're currently running a pilot program through our Becoming More Sexually Engaged course, which is designed to help wives, well engage more sexually, which sounds like what, what you're struggling with. Uh, one of our supporters who's taken this course wrote this when she read the question. Uh, she said, wow, I could have written question nine. This is exactly how I felt. I definitely recommend she try the Becoming More Sexually Engaged course. I can already see an impact and change in my marriage. Plus, I think it shows my husband that I really do want to change and that I want to I want to want sex. So that was her recommendation from a wife that's going through the course. Uh, The other option is that we could start marriage coaching and work together you as a couple with me, uh, and try to find a path forward for you. Uh, we can help you with communicating these things and having discussions that don't break down into fights and then make a plan to actually figure out what works for you. So other than that, there's not quite enough information to go on yet. I can't build a whole solution for you, but there are some options that you can choose from and, uh, yeah see how they go that's it for today i've already started working on may's questions so they should be out soon uh, if you have a question that you'd like answered uh, check out our anonymous have a question page or you can email me directly at j at uncovering intimacy.com uh, links email address and everything is in the show notes and there's a longer expanded version on the blog as well uh, actually it's the whole podcast pretty much verbatim If you like to read instead of listen, or if you just want to check something over or copy and paste it to your spouse in a text or something, if they're more of a reader than a listener. Anyways, that's it for today. See ya.